Welcome, welcome to another episode of Astrolushes. This time we're recording during Libra season. And tonight we have a very special episode for you. We're going to be talking about love and sex and kink and all those good things. I am Lisa Marie Bazile. I'm Andy Tallarico. And we welcome you to this episode of Astrolushes. Woo! Should we get started by pouring ourselves a little drink, Lisa? Yes, we're drinking sparkling rose per your uh, votes here on Instagram. Uh, cheers. Cheers. Ooh. We've also already drank two cans of really shitty rose and a small can of something called Art Spritz, aperitivo italiano made entirely of sugar. Readers, it's not italiano. It is no italiano. It is italian no no. <laughs> No, 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 no. But we had Maison de Rosé. Maison de Rosé. And that was fine. <laughs> it was a Maison. <laughs> it is Libra season, so the can was very pretty. It was very pretty. Um, but now we're, now we're drinking um, a Prosecco. Yeah. A Prosecco, which is a lot nicer. Anyway, <laughs> Libra season, we're coming at you. Yes, ya. we are. Um, our episode tonight, this is Andy talking. We're going to talk about the Venus signs in love. So anyone um, can relate because we're going to talk about all of those Venus signs. And then we're going to talk to you a little bit about kink and where you can sort of find your kink in your chart by doing a little bit of an equation that your non-math loving friends here, Lisa and Andy, have come up with. Exactly. We and built a calculator for you, basically. We have. We have built a kink calculator. A kink calculator. If you will. And then um, at the end of our episode, we're going to have a very special segment where we bring you some special guests. So stay tuned. We have very, very special guests. They're so special. And they're going to be making a regular appearance here um, at Astro Lushes. You might call this their debut. Yeah. They're, they've been they've been talking and talking for years, but they're <laughs> ready to come into the spotlight. <laughs> um, we're here with you in Libra season, right? Um, we want to talk to you about like Libra ideas and, and, and some of the feedback we've gotten from our great Libra fans online. But we also want to talk to you about, just for a minute, um, some of the offerings that we have as Astrolushes and as Writing the Cosmos. We have some really fun things coming up soon. Exactly. You can kind of think about what we do here as like two arms of the same body. Like everyone in the world, like you listener, we have our silly side and our sacred side. And writing the cosmos is our more sacred side. So we're actually running two workshops coming up. They're kind of like containers or sessions for you to get or inhabit your shadow self, your darker side, your subterranean side. One is ancestral astrology in late October, and one is um, like kind of mining the underworld in early November. So if you're interested in the darkness and shadow work, writing and meditating, we really encourage you to be there. We aren't drunk for those sessions. (laughs) We promise you this. Those are our sober times. But yeah, if you're interested, like we're really coming up on Libra going into Scorpio season is definitely the time of the year when, you know, as we say, the veil thins, where we can sort of see across the other side of what happens after this life. Um, And as poets and writers and astrological thinkers, Lisa and I love exploring these themes as part of our writing. And so we invite you to come into these generative workshops with us to explore these themes in a sober way. 
Um, so if that is of interest to you, you can find it on our Instagram. You can find it on writingthecosmos.com. However, tonight... Tonight, we're... Is not that night. Two messy bitches. Damn right. Yes. That's what we're here for. That's what we're doing. We... God, how have you been, Andy? You know, I've been okay, Lisa. <laughs> We've actually not hung out much for the past two weeks due to just being kind of like sick and under the weather. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I've missed you. It's a little bit. This is our reunion tonight. Yeah. And I, it feels really appropriate to have a reunion over a little bit of wine and a little mm. bit of conversation about astrology and sex, which are possibly two of our favorite topics outside of poetry and writing. Yeah. The only difference tonight is that we pressed record. <laughs> Which is what this podcast is. Exactly. It's just us hanging out, but this time we press record. Oh my god, if you guys, if you listeners knew what she and I did do, like generally, since we met years and years ago, we just talk about astrology at all times. Yes, till like dawn. Is, is, oh my god, there's a time that uh, Andy and I were laying in bed in Sicily on our trip earlier this year, and we were <laughs> up at like four in the morning talking about... I don't know, astrology in our Hogwarts houses. Like We, we had really bad jet lag. Let's explain. Yes, we we had a horrible jet lag. But we it's also our personalities. Sleep. Yes. <laughs> so deep in the middle of the night, I do think that our most honest selves come out. Yeah. And we did. We were our deepest selves and our darkest selves and our most truest selves in the middle of the night talk about astrology. We were talking about like our Harry Potter character, Sun, Moon, and Risings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we had it down so hard Mm -hmm. that we were like, oh my God, we're geniuses. Yeah. This is exactly the formulation. Obviously. (laughs) It's a, it's my dissertation. And now we can't remember. We're like, what? I think you're a McGonagall Rising? (laughs) McGonagall Moon? I forget. She's in there somewhere. Yeah. And I'm a serious black moon. Yes. That that feels that, that feels, feels right. Bad. What's your rising? Oh, I don't. I think it's Hermione. Oh God, that's so interesting. What so about you? Interesting. I don't remember. <laughs> oh, I think I'm a Sybil Trelawney rising. Oh yes, you are. I'm a Sybil rising, McGonagall. Oh yes, Moon. Yeah. No, McGonagall. No, we're the same rising. moon. We both have the same moon. Remember? Damn it, Sirius Black Moon. I think we both have a dark moon. Do you see what happens, guys? This just happens. This goes on for hours. It go, it's like it, it actually, like we don't have to exist anymore. Like we've said enough forever. It doesn't We're completely matter. redundant. Yeah. It's, it's all just noise. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So yeah. How have you been, Lisa? It's, it's late. It's fall. We're mm. not into your time of year yet. We're not quite at the, the deepest, darkest Scorpio season, which I think is probably our favorite. Yeah. For both of us, outside of summer, yeah. Scorpio season is yeah. best. But how do you thrive during Libra season? How have you been feeling? Mm. Well, I've been making my house super cute. Of course you have. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of little pumpkins and gourds everywhere. Um, but yeah, things have been okay. Uh in, in the way that things are always okay, where I'm always teetering on the edge of a total breakdown. Right. But sure. it's fine. Cool. Yeah. Good. Great. <laughs> How's everybody doing out there with burnout in the current world state? Oh my gosh. Are you, listeners, like, please, please write to us and let us know. A lot of you are really good about writing to us and DMing us and um, filling out our really random little questionnaires on Instagram. But thank you for that. Yeah. We, we are always interested in hearing how things are going for you. If they're going anything like what they're going for for us, it's probably a mixture of good and bad. Yeah. And we'd love to hear it. Yeah. It's probably a mix of completely freaking stressed out and not knowing where to turn or what to pay attention to and yeah. feeling crazy at all moments. And then also knowing that you're okay and finding what you love during the day. And I guess that's Libran. It, it, it is. It's that balance, isn't it? Yeah. It is. 
Speaking of Libra, let's talk about it. Mm. So I had some things to say about Libra on Mm. our episode where we made fun of some signs. I didn't want to talk about the elephant in the room, but all the Libras are sitting here like, what the fuck? I'm a Sag rising. Let me lead with the elephant in the room. Let me just bring that baggage in. Lead with it. Just like bring it into the room. Um... I'm sorry that I called Libra the space bar of the Zodiac. You're not sorry. I am sorry. You're not that sorry. I'm a little sorry. Okay. I'm a little sorry. Okay, you're a little sorry. I don't like hurting people's feelings. Like, define sorry. I mean, sorry in the fact that I actually do like a lot of Libras. Yeah. And so I don't want them to think that I would think such a horrible thing about them. Yeah, disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. None of this is a personal attack on you guys. Obviously, no single archetype could encompass all bad or all good. These, this is yeah. a playful place for us. Do not worry about that. It is all good. But they are the space part of the Zodiac. I am taking back. I am, I am, for this episode, I will redact my comment about them being the space bar, and I will treat them like the proper punctuation mark that they are, I suppose. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Who's passive aggressive? doubling down. Who's passive aggressive? I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I actually have a lot of respect for Libras. And I so do you want think to they're, they're an M dash? I think M dash is very sacred to me. Can okay. we just like hold off for that? Are for they a second? an M dash? That's like the Emily Dickinson. Okay. You know, and the punctuation Le- mark. Libra doesn't get that. No, no, they do not. No. Um, but they could be like um, an N dash. Yes, or I think they might be like a great semicolon because they kind no. of divide those big clauses. No, girl. No. No. Absolutely not. Who's I the semicolon? I tweeted this recently. The semicolon is the sexiest grammatical thingy is that how you feel about oh, it oh yes because i was going to say if semicolon is not libra it's probably virgo for being, how functional it no is no way is it an exit is it an entrance <gasps> what Lisa, is this talk to me what about is this, this dirty doorway we have taken Connecting a left eyes. turn <laughs> listeners i was not planning on talking about the astrology of punctuation marks but here we find ourselves with two drunk poets in the same room so what is the semicolon lisa tell me mm, semicolon is scorpio Oh, oh, is that, oh, okay. Yeah, yes. Not to compliment yourself. <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who might be new, Libra here, uh, Libra, Jesus Christ. We're drunk. Lisa here. <laughs> that's a name, not a sign. What's your big three, Lisa? Uh, I'm, a, I'm Lisa. Um, I'm November 3rd, 1985. Scorpio sun, Cancer moon, Capricorn rising. And don't worry, if I sound cute now, you'll be able to tell soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Andy. I will not tell you the year I was born. It's not necessary for anyone to know. It's no one's business. I am a Cancer Sun. I am a Pisces Moon. I am a Sag Rising. So just to, just to let you know who the people are that are talking to you today. Yeah, we've got water energy here. We do, which is why we're a mess. Yeah, and why we're always drunk. No, <laughs> <laughs> we laugh heartily, but it's true. <laughs> Only with each other. Only actually, it's not true. Like, we're actually very healthy outside of this I know. I'm, I'm, like, sober all yeah, the time, which I is know. why I enjoy this, these yeah, shows so much. We get tanked for this. It's my opportunity <laughs> to dive deep into that watery goodness. That watery, watery goodness. Okay. Libra. Libra. I have Libra. Wait, wait, wait. Semicolon. Oh, fuck. Yeah, Semicolon. Yeah. Okay, you're saying they're Scorpio? Yeah. Talk yeah. to me about this. Yeah, okay. Just really quick. I just yeah, want yeah. everyone is to know this. Is it the transformative quality? It's the transformative quality. I also think it's a liminal space. Is it an ending? Is it a beginning? Does it go bi-directionally? Yes, it does. Because it's death and rebirth, and it obviously transforms any sentence. Look, it is, it is used in such a peculiar way. It's like the door is half open, but it's half shut. 
I get that. Ooh, that's yeah. so juicy and so nasty. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's Scorpio. Mm-hmm. I, I'm too drunk to formulate a real good po- like statement about this right now, but I promise you it's accurate. I scientifically tested it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. So, do you not agree? I I think I I don't, think I might. Don't I think, say it's a Virgo. I think I might. Okay. Um, but I get that. Because it does provide a lot more than a function. It, it provides, if anything, like a question where yeah, an answer would normally be. It's a question. Uh, it's not only a question. I guess I think it's a question where an answer would normally be because you'd normally have like a, a period or an exclamation point or something. It's like else. a chiron. Yeah. Like it's your healer and your wound. It's it just extends mm. extends the the thought into like a deeper place. Mm. I think I might have in the past thought of Scorpio as being parenthetical. Oh. Because parentheses, which mm. I'm a big fan of, um, I think give you the subtext without you having to search for it. And I think there's something very watery about like needing to provide that for people. Wow. This is really good. We're really, this was not the show we wrote for you today. It is like, <laughs> we wrote about 74 shows today and we decided on one of them and this wasn't it. Um, wow. Okay, so maybe Libra might be just a comma. A comma. It's so diplomatic. Yeah. It gives you the pause where it needs to. It can divide things really evenly in, like, a nice way. Like, if you have too many clauses, they need to be broken up evenly by commas, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's functional. You're not the space bar, guys. I mean, you Maybe know. they're, like, an exclamation point or something. No, like, that's oh, Aries. that's cute. Oh, yeah. Aries lives in exclamation point. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's a fire sign. <laughs> Gemini's a question mark. Okay. Anyway. Oh my god. Anyway. We're gonna come back to this. We're gonna have an episode with like facts and figures next time. Capricorn's a period. Capricorn's a period. Done. Period. <laughs> with a T. Capricorn's a period. Period. That's a that yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Um we write. We're writers. We need to stop. We need to stop right now. Okay. We asked we asked Libras on our social media on Instagram. What uh, sort of stereotypes you guys are sick of hearing about yourselves? Because let's be serious, in the age of astrology as pop culture, um, we visit memes, we see, um, we constantly see ourselves re- reduced into, you know, quips and, f- and funny ideas. I'm not complaining about any of that, but I think everybody gets a little sick of seeing their sign represented in the way that they always come up. True. In these it's, things. It's tiring. I mean, you're the crier. I, I'm a cancer. I do nothing but cry. And I'm an info. And you're a Scorpio. You do nothing but fuck. I mean, that's just not true. It's not true. I only fuck 90% of the time. Right? You have <laughs> 10% of the time you're doing so many other things. Uh, as a cancer, uh, we fuck a lot more than people think we do and spend a lot less time crying than people think we do. Yeah, I mean, you're not crying all the time. Cleaning your house a lot. Do you, <laughs> do you see me cry I'm just kidding. often? It's another story. But do you see me cry? Actually, not much. You cry more than I do. I cry so much more than you do. Oh, my God. The Scorpio here. I think it's the moon. Ooh, it's a combo. It's a powerful combo. Yeah. It's a powerful, powerful detriment. But I'm a, I, I, am, I have a stellium. I have three signs in cancer. I think I'm a very cancerian person with influences from other signs, and I don't think I'm a crier. You're not a crier. Like, I don't think, oh, man, she's going to cry today. Like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. You don't cry. Mm-mm. You've, I don't even... Probably, I've cried 500 more times than you. Probably. Yeah. Like, oh my God. 
I cry constantly. I saw a horse once and I cried. It was just so sweet and I thought it was lonely. She had to come for me in the middle of the street. And if we're going to talk about sex, I think I talk about sex in a more uh, easy... It more easily comes to my conversation than it comes to yours. So even though you're totally. the Scorpio, you're a little shy about that thing. Yeah. About those things. Yeah. I'm like the top yoga pudding of sex. <laughs> that is so not true. No one really wants it. That's so not true <laughs> at all. At all. No, I'm kidding. I just mean that you're not... Yeah. I think it's because Scorpio, like, as my mother-in-law likes to say, which is the weirdest thing I'll ever say in my entire That's life. That's a moment to bring up during sex talk. Yeah, yeah it is. You'll <laughs> see. You'll see where it's going, though. As my mother-in-law likes to say, you are so inherently sexual and sexy that you don't have to prove it. And I was like, damn, Marion, thank you. And she's like, you just carry yourself yeah. oozing sex. And yeah. I was like, okay. She's right. And I don't really have to talk about it. So maybe like Scorpios, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't personally think that I am often wearing sweatpants and glasses, but you know, Not when you go out, maybe some people see it. Not when you leave the house. Sexuality is a tricky thing as we're going to get into in this uh, episode because sexuality is not always obvious. Just right. like, you know, the stereotypes are bullshit because they reduce you to the most simplest. Anyway, I'm fucking just stop, Lisa. stop, stop talking, Lisa. I'm done now. You're, you're doing just fine? Okay. You're doing just fine. I'm just drunk and like, sex, it's great. And like, it's not that simple. Libras. It's <laughs> good <laughs> guys we asked you yeah what are you sick of hearing about yourselves um and you guys you libras you came pouring in i need to stop saying you guys it's like a gender term and i i recognize yeah, that you, you um you all you, you all librans you librans um responded to us like heartily you came through you diplomatic peace loving little indecisive blah 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 you came through and you had opinions you did have opinions and like, i was happy to see it yeah. I was happy to see it. And you were like, um, we're more than airheads and we're more yeah. than flirts. And yeah. and it's true. I do think that's really true. Yeah. Yeah. You guys really came through with the opinions. And you had a lot of like saucy DMs, which we um, professionally and legally cannot reveal. <laughs> <laughs> just actually, there's no rule about that. I just like, you know, I don't worry. I won't put you guys on blast. But you had feelings about other signs, lots of opinions about Aries. You yeah, had opinions what, about Cancers and Capricorns. What's going on with Libras and, and Aries? What is happening, you guys? We want to hear about this. Libras wrote to us a lot about their feelings about Aries. Yeah. Are they opposites on, this, on the... I mean, you can kind of see it. Like a, like, they are, right? Because Scorpio yeah. and Taurus are opposites. Yeah. So yeah, Aries and Libra are the, their yeah. axis. They're uh, yeah. exactly... It's a love-hate relationship, it seems. Yeah. And you can... I, I feel like Aries is one of those signs that really... It either rubs you the wrong way or you're kind of into it. Yeah. It kind of like totally. makes your night fun or you're just like, fuck that shit, <laughs> which we will bring up during our Venus We've actually session. shit talked Aries a lot on this podcast. We have. And I actually, I really like the Aries. Me too. Life. Actually, I've changed my opinion on that. I like the Aries. Yeah. They can lot. be in my, they can, they can sit at my table. But, um, I guess from what we've heard, Libras are sick of hearing about like how much they love justice and balance because they're represented by the scales. And I do think there's something to be said there. I've talked about this with you a little bit, Lisa, how the scales are like the only inanimate object in the Zodiac, right? Every other sign is represented by a mythical creature, a beast, a human. An entity of some sort. Yeah. A living, breathing thing. And Libra's like, we're a scale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We're a metal thing that weighs other things that is an object to be used. Um... And I think that differentiates them, not just um, like obviously by the type of their 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 glyph and their symbol, but um, 
I don't know. I think there might, there's like a little bit of a detachment in Libra that makes them really interesting and fascinating. And I feel like they're always kind of like just outside the feelings they're showing people. It's interesting that you say that because one of the, the best friends I've had in my life feels to me very exemplary for Libras because they would always bring people together, throw an immaculate party. Their house was in an incredible aesthetic, iconic space for you to create art in and come together in. And yet they flit through the room unattached to anything in there. It was mm-hmm. more about bringing it together than actually being a part of it. Right. And I mean, I think to me that that kind of sums up the Libra, but at the same time, it reduces them because they, of course, want to have human, deep, true connection. I do think, so, okay, uh, cardinal energy, we've talked about the cardinal fixed mutable energy, um, the cardinal signs being Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn, cardinal signs, cardinal energy loves to start things, but they don't always have the energy to see it through. That's where the fixed signs come in to, like, okay, you had this great idea, let me actually do the work to see it through and make it happen and bring it to realization. And so I do think, like, the flirtatious side of Libra is kind of um, analogous or symbolic of the way that they they want something pretty to, to, play to happen with. and play with, but they don't yeah. necessarily always want to, like, dive into the right. project of that thing. Yeah, that makes total sense. So, like, I made it pretty. I gave you the good vibes. And then here you go. I go. winked at you. Like, run what else it. do you need? Go play. Run. Yeah. Think, yeah. Do, do your thing. Shoo away from me. Because <laughs> they're, like, on to the next. They're on to yeah. the, you know, little bumblebees going from flower to flower. Yeah, exactly. Colors and light pull them in. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And at all. By the way, going back to the indecisiveness of it all. Um, someone wrote to us and said indecisiveness is a form of caution. It's a form of harm reduction. And by the way, I don't actually see it as indecisive per se. I kind of see it as like balancing the options. Same. I see it as caution. Yeah. And, and literally like balancing those scales and being like, well, if we do this, what happens on this side? That's just consideration. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't know where this indecisive thing came from. Anyone can be indecisive. I think it's just about looking at it from all angles. Mm-hmm. Not every not every archetype does that. Right. I mean, some people just jump full in. If they, they, they see, like, a swarm of sharks, they're like, yeah, this sounds good. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Um, I, I Also, there's another comment from a Libran about... Um, uh, differentiating them from the other Venusian sign, Taurus. Yes, and, like, they're not the same thing as Taurus. They're both ruled by Venus, but in very different ways. And I do think we see that, like, Mercury rules Gemini and Virgo, and Gemini and Virgo people are very different. Oh, so very different. Yeah. So it stands that the Venusian Taurus is different than the Venusian ruled yeah. Libra. Where do you think the most obvious difference comes in, Lisa? I think if, if you were going to ask me who's going to have the most beautifully designed home, it would go to both Libra and Taurus. Mm-hmm. But then, mm-hmm. if I think about the two of them, one feels... Uh, Ooh, how do I say this nicely? Fuck it. I mean, why do I have to say things nicely? You don't say anything nicely. It's my podcast. It's it's our show. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I think a Libra is more apt to have, to take action. Like, they're the ones who are going to fight against something, speak up against something, like, make a choice about something. Whereas a Taurus, I think, might be just like, I'm going to kind of take a nap or pass. Um, I think a Taurus is more likely to be comfortable in the moment and that's fine. That's actually a really good thing. I think being present, being in the moment, being being with your surroundings is really lovely. But I think a Taurus is 
more likely to be like, I'm going to stir up the pot. I'm going to shake things up. I'm going to change things. Really? I do. Do you want to know what my very, very, very reduced version of this conversation is? Oh, God, tell me. I think Taurans are Venusian in their homes for themselves, and I think Libras are Venusian for others. For others, yeah. No, that's fucking great. I think Taurus wants comfort mm-hmm. and then wants to feel really great and they feel like they can show up for others when they feel amazing mm-hmm. and when they feel at their best and most resplendent and most luxurious. And I think Libras are just constantly trying to make things look pretty and t- to attract others with that. I think one's outward, one's inward, and they're very different representations of the same planet. It sounds like we're saying the same exact thing. That's why I think that like, uh, Taurus is more likely to kind of just be like, it's status quo and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Whereas they might be like, I'm changing things for the better of others or whatever the case might yep. be. But you see it differently in that they're like kind of showing off for others or showing up yep. for the sake of others. Um, let's, let's face it, like aesthetics are a thing and like people want to look good for other people. Yeah. Absolutely we do. We follow Instagram yeah, for accounts that. for the yeah. exact reason. You're yeah. like, this looks pretty and I want to see it on my timeline. Is it, is it, um, I'm so glad that the entire Zodiac isn't made up of Taurus and Libra. Same. Like, but we need more than is. Venus. Yeah. We need more than Venus. But speaking of Venus. Yeah. However, Venus is extraordinarily important in our lives. It, mm. it shows up in our personal planets, uh, in our charts. Those personal planets are the first few planets that are like really ours and don't belong generation, generationally, but really to us individually. And your, your Venusian placement has so much to do with like your romantic ideals and um, where you put your money and how you show your value system and how you show your ideals. And so we thought it would be fun in this season that is ruled by Venus to talk about each sign and how a Venus in each sign shows. So if your sun sign is in, in one of these things that we're talking, well, is going to be in one of these things, that's great. But we're talking about the Venusian um, expression that can come from each sign. And so, you know, Libras and Taurians are so emblematic of the Venusian qualities, but in totally different ways. And so how does Venus come through all of those, all 12 of those translations, all 12 of those signs? So we're going to... We're going to dive into that. And we started off with like a word for each. Yeah, we did. And I think we should go with that word and then... But for now, listener, <clears throat> if, you would, if you don't know your chart or if you don't know what your Venus um, placement is, go on and pause this podcast, go online, go find a birth chart site, Astro Cafe, something like that, Chani, Sanctuary World, and plug in your details and look up, you know, what your Venus placement is. And then, then look up that sign and, and look up um, the sort of um, what's interpretations of that and see what makes sense to you. Um, Venus is like one half of your love signs. It might even be more than that. It might be like 75% of your love right. life. So it's, a, it's an important placement that you should know. Yeah, Venus is an important placement that you should know. It's, I would say people always talk about your big three. I would say like if there was a big four, Venus might be in it. Yeah, agreed. You know what I mean? I think like it's I honestly important. see a big five. I think Mercury and Venus are like exactly. so crucial to a person's exactly. personality. I think there's a big five personally. I mean, yeah, if we really, yeah. And there's more, obviously, like your Mars matters and your Jupiter. and your, But I really think like how you speak through your Mars and communicate and what you love through your Venus is so essential to who you are as a human being. So essential. Because, yeah, sun, moon, ca- uh, rising doesn't always... Encapsulate. Always encapsulate. It can, but yeah. Check out your Venus, come back to us, and we're back. (laughs) (laughs) And here we are. Okay, I'm going to do this. Lisa, and when I say Venus and Aries to you, what comes to mind? Ooh, uh, big time fucking. (laughs) 
just fucking and fucking. Yeah. 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 Like, they're really quick to it. Yeah, railing you out. Real quick to blow that back out. Absolutely. Like, <laughs> it's a beautiful, hot, sunny day. You're on your balcony. Every one of your neighbors is watching. They're going to they're gonna fuck you. Yeah. It's, right in front it's, of everyone. It's a really beautiful <laughs> thing how, like, straightforward and simplistic it can be that Aries looks at you and is like, I am interested in you, and I like you, and I want your body on my body. Like, it's just, it's just an immediate... Um, like shared language, uh, I don't think Aries knows how to fall in love if they're not yeah fucking their way through it. Yeah, and I think it is a lot less about you know where you might think about a Scorpio fucking you in order to like download some intel through your body <laughs> and through your cells. It's Aries always, isn't doing it for any purpose. It's pleasure. It's it's, <coughs> it's the me. power of coming. <laughs> it is, and it's also there's a little bit of danger with Venus and Aries of losing interest really quickly. Yeah. Of, like, cutting right to the chase and getting right down to it. But then... You got to the bottom layer. I just met you. Yeah. And this isn't actually working. You know? Right. Venus in Aries is... is Venus doesn't do great in Aries. No, it doesn't. Venus is, like, very um, slow and pleasure-based and and, uh, sensual. (laughs) And Aries is, like impatient let me touch your butt right now yeah you got a nice butt <laughs> yes let me please have it thank you all right all right i mean right. that sounds really rude to aries but I like know. i think any aries listening would be like yeah that's me it's i don't mean to be reductive but it it's one part of your chart remember venus yeah. is one part of your chart if you have venus and aries you like to meet people and understand them through your bodily functions Expression. Let's not say bodily function. <laughs> I like to pee on you. Which Aries might I mean, do. hey, yep, I can see that. I, that's very Aries. Actually, nothing wrong with yeah. it. Yeah, nothing wrong with it. All right. Taurus. We were talking about Taurus. We are talking about Venus. How does it show up for Venus in Taurus, this benefic placement? Well, if you think about a Taurus's home, it's very cozy. Mm-hmm. And if you think about a Taurus in love, I think... In some sense, they would like a they would like some comfort. They would yes. like to feel canoodled. <laughs> they would f- like to feel canoodled. <laughs> I do think, as an Earth sign, that sex is also important. I think um, sex is always important. Sex is always important, always, always to everything. But I do think, it, in terms of Taurus being an Earth sign, learning through. Um, touch and like knowing things through sensation which is why they like all that cozy stuff around them they like things to feel good yeah. um that i do think a venus and taurus can fuck without a lot of emotions attached i think it's, a, it's similar to aries hmm. but with a little more sensuality thrown in for good measure hmm. but i still think i still find like a rush toward the physical interesting yeah, you're right, though. I'm, I'm not thinking of Taurus as specifically, like, hyper-emotional. Think of a bull in yeah. a field seeing yeah. a cow that it's interested in. How exactly. are they going to act? They're going to they're gonna do what they want to do. Yeah, I think it's a lot about champagne. It's a lot about oysters. And it's a lot about making the love. Listening to, like... Making the love. Making the love. I'm surprised that Lisa didn't throw up straight out of her face after saying that term. I want to. <laughs> Just so you know. <laughs> I would like to throw up. <laughs> Lisa, the least sentimental. No, it's not true. It's not true. All right. I'm, I'm highly sentiment, sentimental. I just, 
I just hate the idea of making love. <laughs> I know, sweetie. <laughs> I know you do. <laughs> Scorpio representative here. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, all right. So Venus, Gemini. Gemini. Tell me about Gemini. I think Gem- Gem- Gemini. 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 Um, <laughs> Gemini crickets? Is that the, is that the Gemini. Thing? Gemini. <laughs> Jiminy Crickets are really into. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. Venus and Gemini, when you say that to me, I think immediately, I think intellectual stimulation and discussion and talking. I think, um, I think a really, a really fiery debate for a Gemini is foreplay. Mm, Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? It's kind of hot. It is hot. Mm. I'm into it. They're here for like the chaos of it all. Yeah. They're like... I really agree with this person, but what happens if I just keep disagreeing with them and keep this conversation yeah. going to keep, to build the tension yeah. and then it releases in, yeah. in a sexual form. And then, you know, Gemini's are on their way. They're like out the door before, you know, before like you've even started, stopped peeing after the sex. They're just like, peace out. That was like, so who? Cool. Thanks guys. That was fun. Oh <laughs> Gemini. Oh I don't know your name. I don't need to. What a great. Like, what a great addition into reality. Like, Gemini, if Gemini didn't exist, like, no one would be having that much fun. <laughs> it's true. It's, it's true. It's really true. But don't you think that for them it's probably all about, like, seduction via conversation? Absolutely. Like, they want to talk about 47 different topics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, none of them really matter. Did you really say 47? <laughs> you didn't, but 40, I heard it No, I think, I think I did say 47. <laughs> I don't think you actually did. I think I heard it that way. I mean, I might not have, but the alcohol might have. <laughs> I didn't say it, but this Prosecco may have. <laughs> oh, my God. Why are we doing this? Like, I don't know. What is wrong with us? It's a very good question, Lisa. Like, what is actually wrong? I think there's a lot wrong. <laughs> I think there's a lot wrong with us, which we might get into with the kink portion. <laughs> Our kink is uh, creating a really drunk podcast that yeah. may or may not make sense. Our, our kink is making you listen to us when we're drunk. Um. Someone likes it, though. Some bad little boy likes it out there. <gasps> oh, my goodness. I know you sitting there in your bed listening to us. You like it. You like the chaos. You bad little boy. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. You guys, you're so welcome. <laughs> that was like the dommiest I'll ever get. That was the dommiest you'll ever get. Actually, it, was like it wasn't very dommy. It was that was very unjust. That was a little, I don't know, it was femmy. Okay, yeah, yeah, I can't even try. It was, yeah. I'm as sub as it gets. <laughs> you, we know, Lisa. I'm like, I can't even pretend to be like dominating if I tried. Which is weird because I'm an absolute cunt in real life. You, you are not afraid to be bossy in real life for a second. Yeah. For a moment, um, like for a, for an instant. Yeah, and you're... I'm sorry, I redact the word C-U-N-T. I'm I don't. Not, I'm not very... everyone. I reclaim it. Here, I, I, this is a whole different podcast, but I will defend the word cunt and its word origins and how it's been used and how it's been misaligned um, to slander women and be anti-feminist, even though it's a completely feminist word. It comes from the same root as country mm. and brethren. It, it, it means togetherness. It started off that way and it was just... 
completely misused by misogynists who fucking hate women and they rule the world. So I'm pro-cunt in this house. I am too because I actually think of my, like, cunty qualities as being, like, some of the coolest and strongest aspects of myself. And by cunty, I mean the things that society doesn't like what women behave like. And I love those things about me. It's the things that I think I call bitchy Mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. because I've been called bitch since I woke up. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, I am. I I guess I am cunty. Since I came into the world, people were like, oh, what a bitch. And it's just, it's... um. Women who speak their minds, women who don't pussyfoot around. Make jokes, who make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, who smile at you being an asshole. Like, we just don't have time for that, and that makes us cunts and bitches, and I'm too bad. Some people, like, will stop you and be like, ooh, don't say that. Oh, it's an ugly word. Oh, that's so anti-feminist. And it's like, it depends on who's wielding it. But I'm fucking living as a feminist. Depends who's wielding it, that word. Yeah, exactly. And I'm wielding it well. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> All right. Next up, Cancer. Venus Ooh, and Cancer. You tell me, Cancer. So I don't have a Venus in Cancer, which I find really fascinating because I've got like everything in Cancer up in my um, immediate planets. Um, but Venus in Cancer, I think of as uh, emotional bonding. Mm. I think of as like, oh, if you show your, if you show a weakness in a Cancerian romantic uh um situation you're basically like you're building trust you're building um a little bit of uh uh security in like i understand who this person is now so i know how i can be with them and then i think venus and cancer is actually pretty freaking kinky and sexy oh my god it just needs that security first yeah so i do think the emotionality is what i think of first with venus and cancer but i think it's Followed by just absolute fucking filth. I agree. We're sleeping on cancers as the dirty, the dirty little animals of the zodiac. Like, Agreed. You guys keep you keep coming up with Scorpio. You keep coming up with Aries, and like, let's not sleep on Cancer. These filthy little animals <laughs> are just begging to be acknowledged. We'll do anything to connect with you. <laughs> They're like. <laughs> What do you need? What do you need? Yeah. And I can give that to you? I will do this. I can give you what you need? Oh, my God. Oh and my then God. it's just like, j- let them perform. Never, never um, underestimate the power of need and want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, water signs are really good at this. We have such desperate wells that are willing to just do anything for you like water are... signs desire is yeah. different it hits different yeah. than the other elements desires fire is very like whoosh, yeah i feel a flame i need to put it out by putting my body on your body yeah. right now it's like the loudest more, most performative porn yes air signs are oh my god i feel so lit up by you i feel so stimulated i yeah. feel so um compelled and magnetized and right. oh my god we need to share this moment when like let's make a, a a storm of this and i think earth is <laughs> i love you guys earth is just very like i love you i need to touch it <laughs> yeah or like what's our five-year plan <laughs> If I like you, I need to put my hands on you at all times yeah. ever. Yeah. Uh, your body is my body, is yeah. our bodies, is bodies, bodies, bodies. It's I very physical. Mm. What's happening outside of that, anyone can who, know. Who I don't knows? know. Who knows? I don't know. Water signs. Ugh. We're a hot mess. Like, and it's great. That's the thing. It's great. Just dive deep with you. Just, yeah, like, 
let's turn your trauma into a pleasure center. Right. Oh. Which is really bad, actually. But, you know. Is it? I, is it wrong to turn around trauma and transform it? I don't think so. Um, no. Probably not. I do think awareness around it is crucial. Awareness. But sometimes we don't, we don't act with awareness. Um, Depends on what stage we are in our watery, our wateriness. All I'm saying is that when a water sign seduces you, they are taking you to the depths. Yeah. That's all I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a water sign is going to fuck you till you get vulnerable enough that the soul leaves your body at a certain yeah. moment of possible, you know, maybe during orgasm. And the, the water sign is just going to snatch that soul up <laughs> and then put it right in your face and be like, do you see this? Yeah. Do you see this? We're making horcruxes at all times. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was just so. I'm not sorry. It was given to me. Venus and Leo. Venus and Leo. That's my placement. Yeah, it is your placement. This is Andy talking. Venus and Leo is my placement. A little fiery, little, uh, little royal, little attention seeking, little drama loving, little little overspending, little Mm. princess placement Mm. that it is. Venus and Leo is very much here for the grand gesture, is Mm. very much here to be put on a stage. A person who might like being, um, this is not me, but a person who would like to be uh, proposed to on the Jumbotron at a game oh God. is a Leo. You know, is a person who That's is like, I need you to get up on stage and tell all 10,000 of these people how much you love me. It's for not me enough to believe you. Yeah. yeah. I love knowing. I want everyone to know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um... That's a fun little Venus placement. It's a very glamorous placement. Yeah. It's a little bit of a princess placement. Yeah. If you have a Venus in Leo, I feel for you. I'm sorry for your credit cards. I, like, really understand it. There's just, like, this love of luxury and glamorousness and, and indulgence and royalty that you're like, but I deserve it. I was born a queen. And you do. <laughs> and you do, though. It's not Venusian, but it's, like, barely not it's Venusian. It's adjacent. Yes. But it's it's less about Venusian for aesthetic purposes, but more about deserving and 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 self worth. And there is, I will say, um, and this is probably just me speaking from my own experience and like really having, you know, dived into, dove into Venus and Leo, is that we'd love to reciprocate it. So we want to be treated like royalty because we want to believe the person we're with is good enough for that. Mm. So there's like a need, like a uh, Venus and Leo usually goes for the most popular person in the room, goes for the lead singer, goes for the personality, goes for like the, the star of the show wants to be the queen to the king or the king to the queen. There's a real need to be like a power couple there, which mm. exists in a few of the other signs and definitely exists in Venus and Leo. Yeah, I can see that in, like, Leo, Scorpio, and Capricorn. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Those are exactly the placements that I was going to say. Everyone yes. else is like, it's fine. We can just, like, have a picnic. Yeah, and or some other like, people choose to want to be in charge. Like, I want to be yeah. the show. Yeah. And there's other people who are like, I want you to be the show, and I want to be in or the like, background. Or, like, think of the empire we can build. Yeah, well, that's Cap. That's, yeah. But Leo is very much like, mm, me and my president husband are standing on stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great time. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. There's definitely, um, oh my goodness, just drama. A love for High drama and drama. flair. Oh my God. But isn't it so delicious? It is a delicious little placement, I gotta say. This I is why say. we've spent so much of our time on this podcast for the past few years shit-talking, sorry to say it, but the least dramatic signs. Yeah. Like, we just have, don't, don't we don't have time for it. Like, mm-hmm. if you don't want to be gilded... And, like, have busts of you made for the next, like, 600 centuries. Like, 
Who even are you? If you don't <laughs> die for ornamentation, we don't understand where you're coming from. If you don't have epic poems written about who you are, like, why are you even here? <laughs> now, <laughs> speaking of which, we're coming up upon Venus and Virgo. There's which, still more, more to be drunk. There is more to be drunk. Thank you. Venus and Virgo. I mean, it's reliability. It's reliability. It's showing up when you said you're going to show up. It's, Which, that sounds so unsexy. But it's like, no, it's sexy. It's very sexy. As someone who's dating the most, like, I mean, I'm dating a chronically messy human being. <laughs> um, I find it very sexy when someone is like, don't worry, I already made the appointment. Don't worry, I yeah. made the reservation. Yeah. I booked the tickets. I've got it done. Um, that's very Virgo to me. That's someone who, oh, don't worry, you have to have your spleen out. I'll pick you up and take care of you for the next yep. two weeks. Like. That might not be sexy in terms of what we understand to be sexy, but when someone shows the fuck up to you, oh, you're yeah. like, I'm going to blow you for the next 600 years. 6,000 years yeah. in my mouth. Blow Done. you, eat you out, I'm going to fuck you, yeah. I'm going to brush your hair, I'm, I'm going to blow your back your out, whatever you need from whatever me. Whatever you need. Like, thanks for showing up for me. Thank you. And that's not unsexy. It's I also, very sexy. I also think Venus and Virgo, um, and this is very similar, but it's it, there's just like a subtle difference is that uh, love is shown through service. Yes. And so there is like, again, that reliability of like, I'll pick you up, I'll do this, I'll do this. But there's also just like this quiet, um, like, you come home from work and like the sink is fixed. Oh, God. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or like I heard you mention that one time that you wanted this or needed this. Yes. And I got it. And they just quietly do that. A Venus in Virgo is like, let me like please mm. you in ways that I don't have to talk to you about it. They're really not selfish. Or like parse it emotionally or, you know, it's they're good. not going to like show up at the door covered in like, you know, lingerie and saran wrap and like ready to, <laughs> you know, blow your fucking mind. That's not actually true. I think I do think Venus and Virgo can be pretty kinky as well. Actually, I think they're a quiet kink. But but the reliability and love through service go hand in hand in a way that is like actually very attractive. But I personally, as Lisa here, who, you know, has had a, tra- a wild ride with Virgos. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, I'd love to know how you guys show up um, sexually and romantically. Like, yeah, tell I'd us. I'd especially like to know, like, what are your kinks? Like, please, please, Virgo specifically, like, write in and let me know. Because change my mind. Um, maybe if you can, like, turn me on a little, that'd be even better. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that? All the Venus and Virgos need to send sexual things to Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> oh... Okay, next up, I feel like you you have to cover this topic. You you own this topic yeah. because you are not only Venus and Libra, you're also Mars and Libra. Different topic, we'll get into it. But Venus and Libra, Lisa, tell us. Yeah, so, I mean, just to be superficial about it from the offset, like, I do like when someone is is beautiful and dresses well. And yeah, looks good. Holds themselves in high regard. Like, do you smell good? Are you wearing nice clothing? It doesn't have to be, like expensive but it has to be good it has to be well thought out it has to be you have to have a style you have to walk into a room and be like i'm a vibe (laughs) like you're not just blending in you're a vibe i really appreciate that i love that um i also really like when someone is domestic with me i like when they create a home create a space create a sense of beauty with me who has a desire for good things beautiful things yes Um, yes, because life is like worth beauty and aesthetic makes life better, especially through the hard times. Um, I do like when someone is balanced 
obviously this might sound a little reductive, but like, I think a Libra and Venus is about balance. It's about saying, what can I give? What can I take? What can you give? What can you take? How can we make this like equal out in the end? I was going to say, are you concerned with equality in terms of like, and I don't want to, I don't mean this in the shallow way that I think it's said negatively all the time, but like the tit for tat, like, like I did this, you do this. I'm one, you're one. Oh, do you I, think of things in that way? No, I don't. I don't think I don't think that at all. I don't think it's tit for tat. I think it's more like it's much bigger and much deeper. Like it isn't tit for tat at all. It's more, um, you know. Hmm. I show up for you emotionally when you need it. You show right. up for me physically when I need it. Okay. Like we balance each other out. Um, for ex- I guess a great example is like. I'm insane, I have a lot of mental health issues, and I, I use insane in my way. Right? Flip, flippantly. Reclaim- yeah, flippantly, but also reclaiming it. Like, I can be insane, and I'm okay with that. Um, I do have a lot of, like, mental quirks, I should say. And um, Lisa here. My partner, who's a lot more stable, a lot more cut and clear, like, he shows up for me in the form of just stability and, and groundedness. And I show up for him in, like, you know, different ways. So we balance each other out. Like, it, there has to be a give and a take. I guess I, I appreciate that. Like, I'd like to say that I'd like all my boyfriends and partners forever to be sexy and weird and dark and mysterious. But, like, the reality is that's just me. I have that covered. Mm-hmm. I'd like to have someone who kind of does something else. So when I think about my Venus and Libra, I think about loving someone through all of their layers, having our layers beautifully balance each other out. Um, and yeah, someone who can wear like a velvet suit in the room and be like the fucking bell of the ball and talk to everyone in that room and like make friends. Love it. I would say that like my Venus in Libra is a little diluted because I have a strong Cap Capricorn and Scorpio situation going on in my chart. Your presence is ruled, yeah. let's say, yeah. by Scorpio and Capricorn, but it's it's lightened by your Venus and Mars and Libra. Absolutely. Like, if you see me and my boyfriend ever taking couple photos together, I don't like sharing them with the world because I'm quite private about that, but, like, you best believe I have, like, crafted that photo about 475 times before <laughs> I share it with the world. Like, it has to be perfect and beautiful. You have to look amazing. I have to look amazing. Love has to be presented in a really beautiful way. I come to bed with lingerie. The room better smell good. You better put the salt lamps on. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's, it's stupid. Like, I really am mostly a Scorpio. But, yeah, I love beauty. Anyway. That's okay. Not anyway. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Let's move on to Scorpio. Venus and Scorpio. I Have you ever been with one? I have not. Not that I know of. I think I might have. I hope I, I think an been. ex of mine was Venus and Scorpio. He's a Sagittarius, and I think his Venus was in Scorpio. But... Venus and Scorpio is an interesting placement. It's very, like, waiting to find the one person to pour all of their energy into. We think of Scorpios as being so sexual and, like, wanting and, like, magnetizing. But when it comes to a Venus placement in Scorpio, Venus doesn't do great in Scorpio. It's not a good placement for it. What it ends up being is, like, obsessive attention to one person and needing them to be your be-all and end-all. Which is incredibly dangerous. And difficult. And difficult. And it's usually not an easy placement. drains other people. Right. If you and come, the, yeah. Not to say that if you have that placement, you can't be okay, you can't have a fun time. Of course you can. But Venus and Scorpio is a, t- it's a tough, it's tough, tough little one. placement. I, I personally wouldn't like it. Like, I, I, I love obsession to a point. I think it can be really Well, you sexy. like it to come from you. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> 
yeah, 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 the yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really good at it. <laughs> I mean, might like it a little bit back, but I feel like Scorpios are too controlling to want it fully coming at them in the different The thing different is, direction. guys, if you're a Scorpio and Venus, like, try to really take a deep breath and look at reality here. Like, you can't own or possess anyone. And, like, it's really hot at first, but love bombing is dangerous. Mm-hmm. I think I'm, as a Scorpio, I feel like I have a right to say this about us. Like, you gotta be careful about how much you come on. It, it can be heavy. Mm-hmm. And not, you know, heaviness is sexy to a, to a point, but it can be really suffocating and really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And it can fuck with your head and someone else's. Yeah. But I also think, like... There could be some good elements of it, which is listening deeply. Yes. Empathically. Yes. Really being... Caring to know the person caring deeply. Caring to know the person. Willing to go into a transformative situation with someone. Like having a relationship that survives because you're so willing to put in the work. But but like you just you can't be like Edward Cullen staring at someone while they sleep yes. all night. Yes. And there is sexiness. And like I think a young me probably would have... All I wanted was a Venus in Scorpio. Same. And I'm please, like, please, if you have this placement, don't think that I'm shitting on you or being horrible. It's just, it's not a great, it's a placement that you have to work with. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. You have to, like, you have to understand your demons and know how mm-hmm. to, um, you know, you have to be on, like, a healing journey. Yeah. Because it can be, it's not just dangerous to others, it's dangerous to yourself. Mm-hmm. You erase yourself in the process of obsession. Yes. And, like, Scorpios are great at obsessing, and it's our, it's our biggest downfall. Yeah. Um, because we invent realities, and those realities are never self-serving. They're, like, idea-serving, and those ideas are probably never good for ourselves. <laughs> now, wow. this next placement, you and I are both yeah. in, you know, serious enough relationships with people who have Venus and Sag. Ugh. <laughs> Lisa, um, it's an it's a whew, it's an active, fiery love. It's busy. It's a busy, explorative, curious. Can't do any one thing for too long, or it gets boring. Yeah. Placement. Yeah. It's, it's it's also the group sex placement. Let's be serious. It's Let's the, be serious. It's the group sex placement. It's also the. Um, Let's try 40 different outfits and 75 different sex toys. Yes, exactly. It's, I, so I heard about this new thing. I read about it on a yeah. blog. It sounds really difficult and weird yeah. and physically exhausting, and I cannot <laughs> wait to do it to you. Hey, it's Tuesday. I know you're on deadline, but I bought a sex wing. <laughs> that's the placement. That's, that's Venus and Sag. It's, um, <laughs> I brought you out to dinner. However, I invited eight different people that I thought you would be interested in fucking as well. And, you know, let's just, let's see where the conversation takes us. I ordered oysters (laughs) to the house. I ordered 65 oysters to get you horny so that we can do every disgusting thing under the sun. I picked out your personal harem, knowing who you would be attracted to, so that you could just have a whole night of weird stranger exploration fucking. Do you want to wear this wig? Right. (laughs) Do, will you please read this script? (laughs) <laughs> will you get onto this jungle gym and fuck me like you love me <laughs> I mean there's nothing more we can say here this is what this is 
I okay. And also, but what you also they like philosophy yes. and and debate yes. and intellectually stimulating conversation and of course travel. We know yeah. we know Sage's love. Let's travel. get on a train and rent an Airbnb and we, like yes, yeah, we got it. We get it done. We're good. Venus and Sag is the group sex placement. Also Mars. And sorry, <sighs> not sorry. It's just, we know you. Yeah. And if you hear us sighing, it's because, <laughs> not, not that we don't love it and appreciate it. We just have personal experience with its um, endless well of need. There's an energy level at, with a Venus and fire. And I will say that for Venus and Aries, Venus and Leo, which I have. And Venus and Sag, the energy levels required to sustain that romance are high. They're high. They're high. They're high. Luckily for me, I also am one of those. And so I'm like, okay, if I'm going to ask this much, I have to give this much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we both happen to both have uh, partners who almost have similar charts. So partners who are both born almost the same day, Capricarius cusps, who have a shit ton of Capricorn, Scorpio, Scorpio placements. So... It's a highly sexual situation without Sagittarius Venus, which, I mean, we're on a sexual roller coaster every minute of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> That's Venus and Sag. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's exactly that. So we're going to move on to the next sign. Sorry, guys, we had a technical malfunctione. <laughs> That's the correct word for it. That's the Italian word. <laughs> malfunctione. I don't think that's true. No, it's definitely not true. Yeah. You know it's not true. I know it's not true. We had a malfunctione. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> uh, come on. All right. Next up, next up, we're Capricorn. Venus and Capricorn. Lisa, Ooh. talk to me. Venus and Capricorn. Um, this is the Beyonce and the Jay-Z vibe. Like, they are a power. They, they seek power. Mm-hmm. They like a power duo. They like to walk into the room. Both of you are wearing tuxedos and three-piece suits. Like, you own the place. It's cool. Like, we got this. It's champagne. It's bubbly. It's money. It's luxe. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds really silly. But really, they, true, they are very much into power. Are mm-hmm. you smart? Are, are you carving a legacy for yourself? Yeah. Are you... Do you have your like, shit together? Yeah. Are you in med school? Are you a lawyer? Yeah. Like, you're fucking hot. Yeah. I yep. mean, it's, it's American Psycho vibes. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. And I respect it. I respect like, you're it. Not a not couch, you're not a couch surfer. Like, you're not a hippie. I'm sorry. You're yeah. not wearing, like, velvet harem pants. I'm sorry, but you're not. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. You're just getting, like, good manicures and your skin looks gray. And, like, it's superficial. New York City is Venus and Capricorn. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying any of this, by the way, to, to make it sound good. Like, caps... Oh, no. That was all shade. Yeah, it was all shade. Like, caps... <laughs> cap... A Venus and Cap can be... Prove to me why you should be my baby mama. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, do you carry good genetics? How, what's your credit score? Oh, God. Right? Honestly, I don't think any, like, Venus and Cap would like me at all. Oh, same. Are you kidding me? I'm the worst. No. I think they'd have, like, ideas about us meeting us, but once they scratch that surface and see what water sun messes live underneath. Oh, my God. I'm like, I have, like, 1,800 cavities. Like, I rarely shave my legs. Yeah, I have the credit of a homeless ghost. Um, Anyway. (laughs) Speaking of a homeless ghost. Oh, my. Um, there is a guy in a movie who is a ghost who rides on the subway, who I believe, oh, this sounds A guy horrible. in a movie? 
Yeah. What's the movie? The movie, I, I don't know, but it, Ben, my partner, <laughs> my boyfriend, always says he looks like a guy who plays a ghost who lives on the subway, which doesn't mean he's homeless, and that's a horrible thing to even make a joke about. No, it's. But I, I didn't mean it that way. Anytime at all. anyone says, hey, you look like someone, he goes, oh, is it the homeless ghost from the subway? Which is a really, like, sad thing to, like, actually think that you look like for most of your life. I need to see this, this visage now. I need to it see looks like a, It looks a lot like him. Well, Ben is very... Ben is an attractive man. He's a cutie, but the ghost isn't. Gotcha. And he... I can. I mean, of, all of us can be... All of us can be reduced down to, like, exactly. our bad features. Exactly. And, to, like, our exaggerated caricature forms. So oh. your boyfriend looks like a ghost on a subway. Exactly. Could be worse. Exactly. Could be worse. He's also a cutie. He is a cutie. Like, yeah... Everyone looks like a little bit of a hot mess and a little bit of a hot girl at the same time. I hope so. Right? Because, like, so. aren't you just both at the same time? You better be. Oh, my God. I am. If I have, if I have any respect for you, you can be hot and messy. You have to be. You gotta be. Yeah. Uh, all right. All right. Venus and Aquarius. Venus and Aquarius is interesting. I don't think Venus does great in Aquarius, but there's it's, like, cool to mm. be there. That's, like, a, a hip unique like i want the person who walks in looking like a total fucking freak and weirdo to pay attention to me yeah i'm attracted to anything that looks unconventional un- non-traditional spark my brain make me feel something totally different but i probably care more about my friend group and the society around me than having a romantic relationship it yeah. venus does not thrive romantically no. in, in aquarius so like do you want to come with me to see this like performance about outer space i invited 12 of my friends yeah <laughs> you know please don't touch me but you can sit next to me yeah don't fucking touch me but don't touch me yeah. thank you Venus and Venus is not comfortable in Aquarius. Aquarius is not comfortable in Venus. It's a mutually mutually felt thing, um, but it doesn't mean it's not interesting or fun. Yeah. But Venus and Aquarius often is much more interested in platonic relationships and societal love than it is necessarily about person to person romantic erotic love. Right. And if you are going to be in like a deep personal relationship with an Aquarius, like. Chances are they probably want something in that relationship that goes against the status quo. Now, what we're going to talk about in a little bit with the kink factor... If well, you we have, have Pisces left. We do. I'm just saying, but if you yeah. have Aquarius in other certain placements... That could be great. could be very sexually interesting. Very interesting. And really, like, explorative and really fun. It's just that Venus as romantic placement, I mean, is not great. No. There, okay. are, other, there are other really sexy placements you can have in Aquarius. Venus Aquarius is not is the one. Out. It's icked out. Please, please don't come near me. Yeah. yeah. Like, this, you're, I'm, so, it's just a cringe fest in it's, a romantic situation. Cringe. And I, like, I, I secretly wish, like, I had Aquarius in my big three. You because, are an Aquarius. I know. You have it in you. I'm just, isn't like. That your, isn't that your, um, conceptual, is that the word? When you were conceived? Uh, yeah, I was conceived as an Aquarius. Yeah. Yeah, I was. And I totally, it totally makes sense. I'm like, let me just watch Star Trek and never fucking talk to me again. <laughs> God, you guys, that's my personality. No one realizes it, though. <laughs> I know this about her. She really just wants to watch her Star Trek and, and like, have her cozy, pretty house and her, like, happy little kitten and to watch her weird sci-fi shows and for nobody to bother her about anything ever. That's oh what Lisa God. wants. I would love that. 
I would love that. With like the occasional one day out of every six months of being like a total whore and wear like a slutty dress and fuck a bunch of people and then come home and like do it all over again. I love you for that. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't. I don't mean much. I don't know what you mean in I terms just, of that's what I want, but I really respect that that's what you want. I just want to go to bed and watch sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> you do have an air sign Venus. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's thinky. Yeah, it is thinky. You know? What would it look like 600 generations from now? Yep. yep. It would be in a different planet. You have a thinky romantic life. Yeah. Yeah, don't touch me. Now, speaking of <laughs> speaking of romantic inner lives, Venus and Pisces. Y'all. Oh, I think of Sterling, my former roommate. Yes. He's such a little, like, Sterling. Aquarius, Aries, Virgo, you know, detachment, seriousness, exactitude. And then he has this, like, sweet little poetic Venus and Pisces that just makes him, like, a romantic little bubby. There's, like, a moment where you see smush happening. And yes. you're like, oh, I know you don't like this, but it's there. <laughs> it's there, my baby. <laughs> Venus oh. and Pisces is so sweet and cute and squishy and romantic and, like, dreamy and unrealistic and just, like, yeah. I, want, I want to sit in this field and write you 500 poems <laughs> and I want to just gaze at you across the field until I can possibly come together with you but then I'm gonna probably leave because it's now real and I don't want to yeah, anything about the it's reality real now like real now. don't let reality ruin this good romance also I hired a psychic to tell us what our past lives were and how they were totally united <laughs> but anytime we talk about a real possibility of living together or actually being a couple it, it makes me icked out and then I'd never return your phone calls like <laughs> Pisces. Not Sterling, but that's Pisces. No, no, yeah. I was only talking about Sterling at the beginning. Yeah, I just yeah. mean that, like, Pisces, uh, Venus and Pisces is a very romantic placement, but it's not a very realistic placement. We actually wrote down a sentence that we thought uh, represented Pisces in a really beautiful way, and that goes, it's not good for me, but it's built into my idea for tonight. <laughs> boundaries no none they're like should we take all these drugs fuck 400 times and like promise our lives to each other even though i know it's gonna hurt me and even though i'm gonna wake up tomorrow and go to work and forget about this completely yeah but yeah i want to do it but i really am here for that also there's a little bit of venus kind of lovely there's a little bit of venus and sag in let's do drugs let's go to the another place let's explore together and then come back sag and pisces both i think are the two most likely to want to, to disappear to disappear yeah yeah they're eloping inside their own minds yeah it's, a, it's only two of my big three i'm good <laughs> the difference though is that pisces disappears for good yes sag they is more like away. yeah sag is more like sag will be back that's fun they'll be back when they're ready to be back exactly pisces is like what happened yeah hey, what did i do oh what? What's your name again? Yeah. <laughs> Sag is like, no, I'm good. I just, I'm going off with my other friends. Of course I'm, I I'm, love you. I'll be back. I was in Nepal. <laughs> I'll, I'll call you in a week. Do shrooms then, babe. Wait, what? I didn't tell you. I rented an RV and now I, I live in a van. I cross the country multiple times a year. Like, I'm sorry. But did I, should I told you that? That okay. feels very restrictive. I don't know. Yeah. I, but Venus <laughs> and Pisces is just like, I'm sorry, who? <laughs> I did peyote and did what? Oh. oh, yeah, okay. But in the moment, they're like, you are the tenderest, most realist thing I've ever oh seen my in God. my entire I life. literally and they're never like, loved Sir, this is a like Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> you are talking to a French fry. 
how like so I'm Lisa Scorpio, Andrea's Cancer, like and obviously a Pisces Moon, but it's so funny how the water signs show up so very differently. They really do. We are the f- <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's so funny how like I really do think Cancer and Scorpio are like the two mean older sisters who shit talk Pisces at all times. We're like the sweet younger sibling, like the sweetest with just like the the nicest, like, purest, the purest heart. Yeah, and and you know they have like their tempers and they're like you know they get like you know feisty about things, but we're like oh sweetie. Yeah, but it's like mean. Like we're mean. We should invite them in. I do invite Pisces in. I mean, you do. Yeah. You don't. I don't. <laughs> but I would like to. <laughs> That's not what I was expecting you to say. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, okay. I do, I do still separate them. I do still keep Pisces a little bit at arm's length because yeah. they're like, not cool enough to come hang out in my bedroom when I'm hanging out with my friends, mom. You but know they're cooler than the other signs. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's the thing. Like for me, the best signs are Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces. Okay, but I can make fun of Pisces. No one else can, and they're better than everyone else. No offense, but no, take offense. Yeah, it's fine. We don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, you guys. Um, but no, Pisces just is funny because they're so sweet and so slippery and so mm-hmm. soft. Like, of course, a Scorpio would find that annoying, but a Scorpio would also find it very endearing, and we protect you guys. I will say that you know Pisces are absolutely, absolutely capable of like obsessing and falling for people. The trick is that you just can't do that to them first. Oh, if they no. have, they absolutely need to chase you, and you need, you absolutely need to be a bad idea for them before it's ever going to become exciting enough. One hundred percent. 100%. If you're just yeah. there, if you like a Venus and Cancer with a Venus and Pisces should be compatible, it's not. Yeah. Venus and Pisces needs you to 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 hate par- them. to and be part of the chase. Yeah. You have to participate in that game. Oof, what a mess. Such a mess. Such a but it's such a sexy mess. mess. I know. I'm into it. I'm here for it. All right, so we want right. to tell you guys about your kink calculator. Kink. Kink calculator. Kink calculator. That's our official theme song. I just um <laughs> Let me trademark it. Trademark it right now. <laughs> Someone was like, that's a good idea. <laughs> you should make that legal. That king calculator seems like pretty important. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you guys are going to make a lot of money off of this. <laughs> All right. Let's start by talking about what kink means to us. Okay. Not what kink means to everyone, but let's define how we made this calculator because I think that's more important than anything. What you guys call kink might not be what we call kink. Um, Perfect. Okay. So before we get into the placements, kink is, this is Andy talking. It's to me, to me, um, sexual acts and sex does not immediately mean like penetration. Uh, I mean like any, you can fuck people in a lot of ways. You can make love to people. I know Lisa hates that term in many different ways. Um, kink is something that happens to me within that, that it transgresses, um, what is considered to be like societally placed norms and mores on so-called normative sex. And so if there's something that you like that is like painful, even though that is extremely normal and, and very common, it, it exists outside of, like, think about the sex you see in movies. Think about, think about the sex you've seen growing up and the way that, like, romance has been presented to you. There's, there's never kink. It's always just very vanilla, 
Yeah. Very missionary. Usually missionary. It's, you, you know, like women magically get off by men being One on top of them. Like, give me a fucking break. Like, that's the truth of anything. And there's almost no homosexual sex. Right. Ever. Exactly. Like... And the not one, that, not that homosexuality is kinky. No, yeah. it's not. But there's, there's the only representation we see of normal, quote unquote, normal sex is just yeah. heterosexual sex with a man on top. So of a woman. When I think of kink, I think of things that exist outside of that, and things that um, uh, might be not immediately associated with like the act of sex. What about you, Lisa? When I think of kink, I also think of that. But I also think of. Um, the things, yeah, the things that we're supposed to be made to sort of apologize for yes. or pathologize. Yes. So if if there's something that we like that seems a little bit off base, we're supposed to be doing a deep dive through some sort of like psychological lens of why we like it and what's wrong with it and what broke us to bring us to this place. Um, when in reality, sometimes sex is just the parts of ourselves that they don't need to belong in everyday life. It's okay and it's not a pathology. Yes. It's just it's a quiet part of our pleasure lives. The quiet thing is interesting to me because for me, like, a lot of kink is what I, isn't expressed publicly. So, uh, you know, to me, like, what happens behind closed doors is kinky because what I'm doing is probably transgressive or weird to mm-hmm. um, what happens on the outside. Um, yeah. And so uh, kink can be defined. It's a broad definition is what I guess I'm trying to say. Yeah. There's, and- like, so many things that fall under the umbrella of kink and yeah. we're not... Uh, vanilla sex shaming Mm-mm. we're not um kink sexually like we we don't think kink is bad like yeah, exactly if you think the word kink is bad that's okay like we actually don't think that but we don't think any kink is bad right. we think sex is sex exploration is exploration as long as it's consensual and respectful like we're all for it you can do anything you'd like and there's there's no kink shaming here mm-hmm. like we are pro kink here yep and like who you are behind closed doors in a bedroom with somebody does not have to tie in to the personality that you represent to the like the waking world Absolutely it's allowed not. for them you, you are allowed to be so many different people inside sex of yourself is a playground mm-hmm. i mean sex i i rarely think sex correlates to who we are as as waking ordinary working individuals so um, because yeah. of that, yeah, I we think Lisa and I, and we've been talking about this, that there are certain placements in your chart that if you like combine them together to really read them how they work together and off of each you other, you kind of get a big three for your kink. Yes. So what, Lisa? What's your kinky big three? What are the planets that we're talking about, and then what are yours? And if you want me to go first, I can too. But what are the planets that we're talking about? Well, our kink calculator um, adds Venus, Mars, and Pluto together. Whoa. So if we it's sexy even hearing that, sorry. Venus, <laughs> Mars, and Pluto. Venus, Mars, and Pluto. This is an ASMR episode. <laughs> we should do an ASMR episode. Uh, I'm sure. I I have no idea what I'm doing with that, but I'll follow your lead. You just you just whisper. I make people have tingles. <laughs> <laughs> I can do that. I can yeah. give tingles. What's kinky? Um. So. Why don't you give a rundown of what Venus, Mars, and Pluto okay. mean? All right, Andy here, I'll try tracks. to be succinct. I am drunk. <laughs> we, yeah, we're two sheets to the wind or whatever the saying is three. called. There's several sheets to... How many sheets are there? I think it's three sheets. It comes from pirate ships, you know. Well, we definitely are more than two. It means like you're cruising. If you have all of your sails up, oh. you're really booking it. So oh three God. sheets to the wind is like... So we're 13 or 14 sheets. Yeah. We're like 17 sheets to the wind over here. No. We're really not that drunk. No, but we're not. 
Okay, the planets. We're lightweights, though. We are lightweights. Venus, uh, we talked about, is like a romantic value-based, where you show what you care about um, planet in terms of how it shows up in your chart. Mars and how it shows up in your chart is, um, I mean, Mars is based in the, the, the god of war. Um, and, and where war would show up in your personal planets is like how you physically express your aggression. And aggression is seen with like such a negative uh, connotation but you need to show up physically aggressively to have sex. So it ends up being a little bit like how you present when you're mad, when you're um, on the offense. And also like when you're ready to, you know, like fuck somebody's brains out. When you're ready to like take them down to pound town for the rest of the night, your Mars is going to show up <laughs> to do the dirty work. It's an extreme physicality. It is. Yeah. It is weird. <laughs> to, to pound town. Take exactly. down to pound town. With your Mars placement. Ladies and oh gentlemen, God. I feel like that was definitely something that was said in like a Michael Sarah film with Jonah Hill, like some sort of teenage horny boy film. I actually was quoting it from The Office, and true fact, I'm oh, from Poundtown. I'm from Scranton, and when Phyllis says that I wanted that bartender to take me down to Poundtown, she was literally talking about my friend Bill at the Bog because The Office had been there the week before, and that was a joke that had been made. I'm not using his last name here, but people from Scranton, you know Bill from the Bog, and you know Phyllis from the office and you know that she wanted Bill to take her down to Poundtown. I anyway, inside can't reference. can't handle this information because I'm such a huge fan of the American office. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? Yeah, my former life in Scranton was very office-based. I need to go to the bog and get go to Poundtown. <laughs> no, no. I'm not taking you to Poundtown if I take you to Scranton. Take me to Poundtown! <laughs> I need to go to Poundtown. Oh, man. <laughs> Like, this is my friend Lisa. She would like to be taken down to Poundtown. <laughs> I heard that this was the borderline for Poundtown. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm, I'm here to put my name on the list. I'd like to be first. Give me the stamp for Poundtown. <laughs> we need to stop. No, no, we don't. <laughs> Mars. Mars is... How you take it down to Pound Town. I'm sorry. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's the Pound Town. Sorry. It's also like if you're in a, you know, like you're a little kid and you're on the playground and there's a bully in your face and you're like, I'm going to fucking tell this kid about himself. And you might have a lot of ways of doing that. Your way of doing that might be to insult him and make everybody laugh at him. Your way might to be to run away and be like, I'm not giving you the satisfaction in this fight. And your way of dealing it might be to punch him in the fucking face before he has a chance to say anything to you. That's your Mars sign. Right, that's Mars. And, 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 and unfortunately, fucking and fighting are like two halves of the same whole. And so sometimes how you end up fighting is also how you end up fucking. And I don't mean that in the negative sense. And I don't mean that, that um, sex should be violent at all. I don't think it's inherently violent. But I do think it, it's, it's our body's adrenaline coming through and showing itself yeah. in those ways. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes us to a very different place than, than where we're at normally. Like, it, yeah, it puts us in our bodies. Yeah, exactly. And takes us out of our exactly thinking selves. And if we're just like flip flopping around and not being a little bit aggressive, like you're probably not really fucking someone that 
that well. Yeah, you're not really good at it either. Um, <laughs> there's one more placement. So we have Venus, we have Mars. I want you to talk about the third placement as a Scorpio because we're talking about the planet that rules Scorpio. Yeah, so we're so our third uh, calculation, our little, our triangulation of kink. Yes. <laughs> our triangulation of kink for our kink calculator. Are you all taking notes on this? <laughs> so add your Venus with your Mars to your Pluto. And Pluto is... Um, <coughs> <laughs> of course I start. Of course you're going to cough. Pluto is I'm going to jump in here Andy here. The sign of transformation and of revolution and it's the sign of like life and death. It's at the very end of our solar system and it's um definitely tied into the, uh, Scorpio, the sign of transformation, the sign of sex and death, the sign of starting over again, the sign of like um Getting down to your deepest, darkest depths and right. exploring it. So Pluto is representative of all of that. Yeah, and I mean, sex can be... Sorry for coughing. Um, sex can be a place where that is deeply transformative because you are exiting your workaday, ordinary, everyday body to enter into like a deeper, more honest self when you're having sex. I mean, you really have to let your vulnerabilities show. So... In that way, it does alchemize who you are and, and synthesizes it into this one physical moment. I mean, if you ever had sex with someone, you can kind of like sense who they are in that sex. Like the culmination of their being shows through in how they present in sex. I do believe that like Pluto has a whole helping hand in that because mm -hmm. if you've ever been with one, you're like, you're cute, you're hot, you're cool, you're smart, you're popular you have a great body, uh, whatever, whatever the qualities are, right? But when you really get down to fucking them, you can see their truest essence. Like, you might be hot, but you're not hot. Or you might be smart, but you're not good. Like, it could be a million things, but at the end of the day, like, how they show up sexually is who they truly are, and that's how it alchemizes, and that's where I think it goes back to Pluto. It's like, you have died in your ordinary life, and you are reborn as a sexual being in that moment um i know that probably sounds really intense but i do believe it like imagine being with someone and you think like you think i wonder how this person is sexually that person is going to show up sexually as their truest most deepest self i mean i'm a scorpio i realize this this might not sound super surprising coming from a person like me um but I think when we see ourselves in sex, we see our, our truest reflections and our truest selves. I, I do. I also think there's the aspect of it that, and, and, you know, tell me if I'm wrong. I'm drunk. I'm a cancer. I'm yeah. emotional about We're things. We're both a hot mess. But <laughs> I do think that sex changes the nature of a relationship. And so Pluto to me is like a transformative and like moving yes. and changing and revolutionary state. Yeah. And so I, I do think like... Not only, like, the first time you have sex in a relationship, obviously, I think, changes the state of things. Like, you, you have, you're knowing each other and learning each other on a different level. Um, but then the journey of sex throughout, I think, continues to do that. I think any time you have sex and you come away from it, you're a different person. I really believe that. I and I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think that it's, like, it's uh, diluting your personality or changing who you are. But I do think it, it's, like, it's... A, it, it disrupts the status quo. Yeah, it does. I agree, I agree completely. Like, yeah, I think I think Pluto as part of this. We we debated on if Pluto should be part of this calculator, but we definitely think it should be because 
sex is like a shadow self. It isn't necessarily a shadow self, but it's like a shadow self in that it isn't obviously something that we show to the normal world. Like, we're not a sexual being on the streets, most likely. <laughs> um, but when we really get down to it, you can tell who a person is. Are you good? Are you sensual? Mm-hmm. Are you thoughtful? Are you sensitive? Are you... Um, are you present? Yeah. Ex- oh, are, are you, you giving? Yeah. Yeah. Are you generous? Every quality are shows up in sex. Yeah. Are, are you kind? You know? Yeah. Um, are you creative? Are you shy? Yeah. Like, if you're shy... Anyway. Yeah. It, it, tells, it tells us a lot. So... It, it's a even, cosmology into itself, yeah. What's weird about it, though, in the chart, and speaking of the chart, is that we're talking about, like, the personal planets, and Mars and, and, and uh, Venus are fairly personal, and Pluto is actually very generational. So... It, you're going to have Pluto in common with a lot of people uh, that you like went to high school with or that are in your general um, generation. I don't think that makes it any less meaningful. I think that there's great meaning to like I, I, I look at like my parents being baby boomers in the hippie generation and like what they all shared the same Pluto sign. It's meaningful. Like the free love generation. Mm-hmm did that because they were all on the same wavelength. And so my wavelength for my generation happened to be Pluto and Libra. And yours, because you're just a little bit younger than me, happens to be Pluto and Scorpio. Um, that's very interesting generationally, but as on a personal, knowing yourself, self-reflective, self-awareness level, it matters in your calculator. So that being said, Lisa, you have Venus and Mars in Libra and Pluto in Scorpio. Um, it's very interesting to me that Venus belongs in Libra and is benefic and Pluto belongs in Scorpio and is benefic. So you have like two out of three of your kink signs are like, I'm perfectly at home where I am. Like you're kind of naturally kinky. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I or guess. cosmologically kinky. Cosmologically kinky, which is my new band name. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it's it's hard when we're talking about sex. Like I do, I do think about my sec myself as being very sexual. Um, I'm very aesthetic and and um, romantic and into image. And I don't mean beautiful image or perfected image or idealist uh, ideal society image. Mm-hmm. I mean showing up to your sexuality and your sexual self and your beauty and the power that you behold in any way that 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 shows up for you. Um, so I do believe like my, you know, my calculator with the Libra, Libra, Scorpio is very much about like beauty and depth and surrender, vulnerability. Um, but again, you know, we have a whole chart at play here and I, I struggle with my, my, um, my sexuality because it's run through the lens of Scorpio and Capricorn, Capricorn, my sun and my rising signs, which are so very uh, vo- void of intense feeling and aesthetic, like the Libra gives me. So I'm always, mm-hmm. I'm always playing mm-hmm. around with, you know, the need for beauty and superficiality, but also the need for like cold erotic fucking. I also um, think power and power. Power is like so present in your chart and like the struggle for power is very present in your chart. Yeah. And I do think like knowing you personally, I think there are times that you exert the need to have great power and control over things. And I know for a fact that there are other times that you want nothing more than to relinquish that to someone. Yep. It's, it's, um, 
all I can say here is that I hope you guys look up your kink calculator, uh, your kink calculator results, because I think it gives you a great starting point for who you are because there's so many layers to all of us, like I was just saying about myself. There's so many different ways of being sexual, ways of showing up to your sexuality. Um, and it's a good chance to really like look in the mirror of yourself and know what are these parts made of? What is informing them? Who really am I at the end of the day? Um, because sex, desire, beauty, love, it's all so rich and so deep and so um, threaded through who we are. We just, we don't often take a moment to like really sit back and look at it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So tell me about yours. Tell me about your, your Mars, your Venus, and your Pluto. Um, I'm going to say, and I'll keep mine a little bit brief just because I think it's <laughs> kind of basic. I, when I think of Cancer, Leo, Libra, and what they have in common, they're the people pleasers. Mm. Those are all of the, like, mm. I need validation from making you happy signs. <laughs> um, wow. That's, like, the very first thought. So, like, Cancer being so maternal, um, the mothering thing is very much, like, wanting to be needed solving things for people so they you know feel better and like there's a super super like martyristic pleasure that's not a word but you know what i mean in cancerian nature that is like figuring out what people need before they even know what they need it and providing it for them and getting like the deep satisfaction Damn. of knowing that you can do that for someone yeah and leo is very like loyal and affectionate and petting and like it, it's just um it, it needs to like make you purr yeah. Um, and Libra being like the sign of others, the sign of relationships, the sign of balance, like Libras are the flirts. They are the people pleasers. They're they, the reason they can keep things diplomatic is because they swallow down their own feelings and their own thoughts for the sake of keeping the peace. And I think when you combine those all sexually, what you end up with is like a kink of pleasing people. Mm. And I do find that true for myself. It's not that I don't take my own pleasure. I absolutely do and always will. And, there's no small part in that, but I really think that my kink is built for what is your deepest desire? Let, Let me, me provide it for you in a way that no one else possibly can. I will try my best. I will, I will show up. The, the Leo's like, give me the spotlight. Put this, give me on stage. Get me on stage <laughs> and watch me please you. Yeah. Um, Fuck. Yeah. Wow. There's other things happening there. Yeah, There's yeah, a lot yeah. of other things, but I think like when I when I combine those three signs, that's what comes to mind. Very interesting. See, I feel like you gave a really good breakdown of yours. I still like I think I have to sit with mine and really think about it. Um, but there's so much here. It's such a fertile... It is. It's a fertile little calculator. And we want to hear about yours. Like, I would love for you guys to go do your own calculations and tell us what you come up with. Because you might even have the same combination as one of us and have a completely different ter interpretation. So... Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're feel, feel free to email or DM us so it's not public. We'll never share your name or anything like that. Um, or if you want, just comment and let us know. We would be so interested in hearing this. Um, I mean... It is such it is such beautiful and fertile ground. Beautiful and fertile ground. All right. That sounds so poetic and lovely. But, you know, I feel like we have these friends that want to show up on the podcast that are a little bit less concerned with the poetic nature of things in life, Lisa. I feel like we have a couple of girls here that really just want to tell it like it is at all times. At all times. At all times. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Gina Maria Bazile. 
Tina Maria Tallarico at oh your service. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got? Questions about astrology? Well, we had one question, uh, Gina. Excuse me, you're Gina. I'm Tina. <laughs> or Gina and Tina. Um, so, Gina, Tina. <laughs> we actually had a listener write in and ask us, oh my God. I'm a Scorpio. Oh my god. Okay, so I'm a Scorpio. Like, I'm sorry. Mom set me up with someone. He's a boy's. He's a boy from down the street. He's a boy I grew up with, but I never really paid him much attention. He's a Taurus. Okay, wait. What do you think? Wait. Are you telling me right now? Mm. Are you telling me, Gina, that your friend asked you as a Scorpio? Yeah. That her mother put her with a Taurus. Her mother did. I mean, I mean, you know what? Like. The mother, God bless her, just wants the best for her. No, you want to you talk, talk about opposites attract, right? You want to talk about opposites attract? Does it really work that way? Does it really work that way? I don't, I don't know that it does. You tell me, because I don't think so. I mean, you got a bull and a scorpion. What are they doing together? How are they fucking? Tell me what's going on there. I mean, you literally can't impregnate each other. Right. How are you even making out? How are you doing How it? How are you even kissing? He's climbing on top of his it, little head. It doesn't make no sense. Mwah, 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 and ideas. <laughs> no. I say no. I no. say no. I say Scorpio. No. Absolutely not. I know your water. He's earth. I'm saying he. I don't know. You said the boy down the street? Boy down the street. I, might be girl or girl. I don't Who know. Who knows? I, I mean, good for you. I just don't think a Scorpio and a Taurus have any business. There's no business. There's no business. Like, who's your mother? What are you talking about right now? I don't know. I mean, I feel like... Sometimes people think about a Scorpio and a Taurus as being together because they're opposites on the Zodiac. Like, maybe opposites attract, like we just said. But to be fair, like... No, you got a bully, you got a Scorpion. Yeah. I just don't see how they meet in the middle. I just don't see how they meet in the middle. One's this big, lazy dump sitting on the couch playing <gasps> video games, lighting candles. <laughs> All right? We don't want it. No one needs it. And the other... <laughs> What do you got with a Scorpio, huh? You got, what do you got, dark? Yeah, darkness? they're just wearing latex, walking through dark alleyways. <laughs> what What do they got in common? Stubbornness. They got stubbornness. They got, I'm, I'm right about everythingness. They got attitude. I mean, I mean, I don't, I think, I think they're too feisty for each other. It's too feisty. Yeah, I don't know about this lazy lump. I mean, a Taurus, okay, okay. But they got the bull's temper. Right, and I think I think when it comes down to it, Scorpio's not going to want to have nothing to do with it. I we don't, don't we don't want to hear your big your big stubborn tirades. We're good. Don't we're, you think a Taurus is going to get sick of a Scorpio real fast though? I, I mean, do. I feel like that's rude, but okay. I mean, is it rude or is it true? I mean, I think it's rude. <laughs> also true, but very rude. Listen, Gina. This is Tina talking. <laughs> Who are we at the end of the day? It's I'm Gina, I'm Tina, you're Tina, you're I'm, Gina. I'm Tina, I'm Gina. I'm Tina, Maria, you're Gina. Maria, it's fine. We're all Marias here. But not, I mean, neither of us have a Taurus, so who cares? Like, no I one, know, we I don't, know. neither of us listen, like a Taurus. Listen, listener, you wrote in with your question. The answer is no. The answer is no. Don't, don't do it. Don't be together. Move on. Yeah. Deal breaker. Go be with a Pisces. Go be with a Cancer if you're a Scorpio. I know. Or... Go for a power couple, be with a Capricorn. Go be with a Capricorn. See how that suits you. But a Taurus, Taurus. I don't feel it. Uh -uh. We don't need their velveteen bullshit. Yeah, no thanks. (laughs) 
keep it. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gina and Tina. That I was really so fascinating. Were... Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Um, so our cousins just showed up. And yeah, well, they left now. The show. They're going to make Ditalini. I see them teasing their hair in the bathroom first. <laughs> it smells a lot like Aquanet. <laughs> But if you would like Gina and Tina to answer any of your questions, please do write us in at this one hour and 38 minute mark and let us know. It's, it's been a hundred years that we've been talking to you. If you'd like us to, to bring back Gina and Tina, just let us know. Because they're, they're just right here in the bathroom teasing their hair with picks. Picks? Who uses picks? What is this, 1987? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so we hope you've enjoyed learning about your Venus and your kinks, uh, and how to find them. And, um, we hope we did Libras a little bit of justice, even if, you know, uh, we're not that good at Libras. We're not that, it's not our strong suit. Not a strong, yeah. Like we tried. Uh, we're coming back to you soon with Scorpio. Um, we also, before we have our Scorpio season episode, have a couple of workshops that we're doing through Writing the Cosmos. If you'd like to check those out, we have one on ancestral astrology and one on welcoming the darkness of the underworld and um, the winter season. No Gina's, no alcohol involved. Yeah, sober. They're sober workshops. If you want to get drunk with us, we'll be back here for Astro Luscious real soon, friends. We love you. We thank you for being here and we hope to hear from you soon. Bye. Bye. Oh my God, tell them bye. Say bye.